You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. said he's like a shepherd he knows our every need leads us by the gentle water where our hungry souls he feeds as a little lamb I'm helpless my soul I can't defend I'm so glad the Lord's my shepherd on him I will depend. It's in the Savior's hands, those precious nail-pierced hands, though driven through with nails, those precious hands will never fail. Though I may not understand, I'm trusting in the great I am. It's good to know it's in the Savior's hands. In the time of my confusion, when I can't find the way, so bewildered from the battle, don't even know for what to pray. I'm glad that somewhere in the shadows of my troubles and my fears is the shepherd sent from heaven i can see him through my tears it's in the savior's hands those precious nail piercings though driven through with nails those precious hands will never fail Though I may not understand, I'm trusting in the great I am. It's good to know it's in the Savior's hands. Though I may not understand, I'm trusting in the great I am. It's good to know. It's in my Savior's hands. That's some good hands to be in, amen? The Savior's hands. Have you ever made a promise that you weren't able to keep? Ah... You know, whether you uh, 
you forgot about it. You ever make a promise? We, we can forget promises we made. You ever done that? Uh, I've got a terrible memory, uh, and I'm getting better about making notes on my uh, phone if I say, oh, I'll do this or that, because if I don't, man, I can forget just about the time it comes out of my mouth. Sometimes we can make promises that we intend to keep and don't. Uh, sometimes you make a promise and something just comes up. Now, what about not only that, what about the times that you, you know, have you ever had people make you promises to where they have failed? And I think on all these accounts, it's like just a part of life. Uh, I don't think there's anyone among you today that's sitting there that says, no, every promise that's ever been made to me has been kept, and every promise I've ever made has been kept. Because even with the best intentions, our own weakness can prevent us sometimes from making that, whether it's forgetfulness, whether it's uh, something just comes up, our health, a car, un unforese unforeseen circumstances, whatever it may be. Matter of fact, if you're dealing, especially if you're dealing with uh, in some situations, there's a thing that we are often told, and that is this, get it in writing, right? Uh, if you're ever dealing, if you're ever, uh, you know, for instance, say you're paying off some debt, which if you have debt, I hope that you're working to pay it off, but uh, you're working to pay off debt and, uh, you know, maybe you owe this large amount and the company says, well, I'll tell you what, if you can pay half of it, we'll call it good. And you're like, wonderful, I'll pay half of it then. Let me tell you something, you better get that in writing. You better get it in writing because uh, uh, there's, a, there's a possibility that, uh, that they may take that money, then call you back the next month and say, okay, where's the rest of it? And uh, you better get it in writing. And so uh, when we look in 2 Corinthians today, the, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, there's some things being said about promises in our text that I want to share with you today. And these verses sound really unusual when you first read them. But if you can understand basically the idea that the Apostle Paul had promised this church in Corinth that he was going to come visit. However, unforeseen circumstances made it to where he wasn't able to fulfill that promise to come visit. Now, people took advantage of this that were enemies of Paul and said, see, Paul's a liar, he can't be trusted, and so forth. And they were using this as an occasion against the Apostle Paul. And I'll just give you a, uh, maybe a 30 second, put me on the time clock, little insert here on judging. It's, it's not improper judgment. It's not wrong to judge. Did you know that in a general sense? Not all judging is bad. In other words, it's judgment for them to say, Paul said he was going to come and didn't come. There, it's, it's just saying what happened. But unrighteous judgment comes in when people say, he didn't come and here's why. And they begin to question and speculate on motive. So the thing you've got to be careful about judging people about, there's one thing about judging someone's actions and saying, well, that was the wrong thing to do. It, that, that can be an obvious thing. But when we say, and I know why they did it, that's an unrighteous judgment when you begin to think about people's speculation and, and motives and speculate about that. But that's kind of what these people were doing, and really they were just going right against the Apostle Paul. Now, look at these verses here, and we'll go through them, but, but there's something really cool that comes out as a result of this. Verse 17, he says, When I was thus minded, did I use lightness, or the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea and yea and nay, nay. Verse 18, 
But as God is true, and our word toward you was not yea and nay, for the Son of God, and I'll just pause right there to say what? Just even there. He said, my word was not yes and no. And what he's just simply saying is that he was being accused of speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He was being accused of being fork-tongued, you know, that, I mean, saying two things at once. Well, is it yes or is it no, Paul? That was the accusation. And he says, I wasn't being dishonest. I just had some things come up. But while we're talking about promises, I want to take an occasion to talk about the gospel, the message that I'm trying to preach to you, is what he goes on to say. Verse 18, But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. Verse 19, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. And this is our real text verse here. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. So I want to talk to you today about God's promises in writing. When God says something, He means it. And the word amen, you'll hear that word. It's a very common word in the Christian world. Many of us say it out loud around here. And I hope by the end of this service I can get some participation. You know, church is a participation sport. <laughs> it's, it's not just supposed to be a spectator sport, all right? It's supposed to be participation. But when we read the word amen in the Bible, when we say the word amen, when God uses the word amen, God means it is and it shall be so. Or it is complete when God says amen. If he wills it, it will happen. But when people use amen, it generally means so let it be. Or I agree. Or this is true. So if we say amen, we express our thanks or our agreement with something that was said. We may do that individually or corporately, and you'll read about that in the Word of God. They were singing that song today, my life is in His hands, my circumstances are in His hands. And you know what I say? Amen. Amen. I agree with that. I'm thankful for that. I, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. That is what I'm saying when I say amen. So what we're talking about today are the promises. He says there in verse 20, for all the promises of God. Now, for a moment, let's consider the dignity of the promises of God. The Bible says in Numbers 23, verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall, shall he not make it good? Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Somebody says, God can do anything. Not totally true, because he cannot lie. Amen? In other words, the dignity of his promise. Matter of fact, oftentimes we'll say something like this when communicating with people. If we're trying to get people to really affirm what they have said to us, if we're truly trying to try to pin them down, we'll say, do you promise? Do you pinky swear? You know, maybe you spit in your hand and like, let's make it official. But see, did you know that when God, anything God says is a promise? Anything God says is real 
and, is, and it, it, it comes with dignity. Famed missionary and explorer David Livingston used to say of one of the promises of Christ, when Christ said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world, he said this, that, he said that this is the word of a gentleman of the strictest and most sacred honor. <laughs> In other words, if he said it, you can believe it, the dignity of the promises of God. Now, why can we trust in the promises of God? There's a number of reasons, but I'll tell you this, we can because Jesus keeps His promises. Why? Because He does not change. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises for us are guaranteed. And God cannot break His word. It just cannot happen. I mean, He is faithful. He is true. And His word cannot change because He cannot change. His promises are unchangeable. So He keeps His promise because He doesn't change. He keeps His promises because that He cannot be overthrown or over, uh, overran or overcharged or anything. Paul said, I was limited. I couldn't keep my promise because I was overthrown. I couldn't keep my promise because I was overruled. But the good news is, God is never overruled. God is never overthrown. His promises are true. Jesus keeps His promises because He knows all things. He is all-wise. He is all-powerful. I may say to you, I am going to come see you this afternoon. But what I don't know is that I'm going to get a flat tire or I'm going to have car trouble. It's not likely because I drive an F-150, but... For the Dodge guys out there or whatever, I just, I just saw Zach there, I had to shoot, but um, I don't know that I'm going to have trouble getting there, you know. Uh, but God, God doesn't say something and then all of a sudden like, oh man. See, here's what we do sometimes. See, God promises some things for us. God's promise that He would make us victorious in faith. He promised us that we were conquerors in Christ Jesus, Okay. But what do we do? We, we, we forget the promise of God. Or we forget who's the God that's making this promise. Because we said, oh man, I know God uh, made that promise, but then He ran into me and my shortcomings. See? Something overthrew the promise of God. But see, the promises of God are not yay and nay. The promises of God are not, yes, this one over here can live the victorious life. This one over here, not so much. This one over here is an overcomer. This one is just destined to be overcome. God is not yes and no and maybe. No, it's yes, yes, yes. The promises of God. See, He keeps His word. See, the infinite wisdom of God, which planned everything from the flitting of a sparrow to the flight of the archangel, He is the omniscient God who understands everything. And the promises are based on His infinite knowledge and truthfulness. When I read a promise in the Word of God, and when you read a promise in the Word of God, you're reading something as if it's already been accomplished. <laughs> I mean, yes, he says. I love what the Bible says this. In, in Lamentations 3.23, the Bible says that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. 
great is thy faithfulness. The dignity of God's promise, the range of the promises. There again in verse 20, the Bible says, For all the promises of God, all the promises of God, there are thousands of promises in the Word of God. Uh, somewhere, somewhere between 8,000 and 30,000. So that's a big range. Well, I think not all of them pertain straight to, uh, from God to people, but there's a lot of promises, thousands of them. The Bible is a book of precious promises. Now understand this. There are conditional promises in the Word of God. God said, I will, heal, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. In 2 Chronicles, is that 7.14? I will hear from heaven and heal their land. But some of you Bible students are sitting there thinking, but what does it say before that? If my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. You know, so in other words, that's a conditional promise. Uh, there's conditional promises. There's promises that were made to the nation of Israel that do not pertain to the church today and vice versa. The, the, the health and wealth and prosperity gospel is a lot of times just tied up in people that are trying to claim verses and promises that apply to Israel that don't apply to uh, us today. But there's promises in the Word of God. There's conditional promises. There's unconditional promises. Amen. I mean, there's uh, so what God says will come to pass. So we see not only that, that the book is the, the, the range of the promises, but also the stability of the promises of God. Again, for all the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him amen. See, the promises of God are very firm. Why? Because they are settled on an everlasting basis. Notice there's these two words that jump out at you if you look there in verse 21. For all the promises of God, it's those next two words, in Him. In Him. The promises of God are as everlasting, they are as sure as Jesus Christ Himself. See, they're firm, they're settled. These two words, in Him. Now, here's an interesting thing. What's the Bible say there again, verse 20? All the promises of God in Him are yea, in Him, amen, unto, uh, unto the glory of God by us. There's an interesting passage in the book of Revelation 3, verse 14. The Bible says, These things saith the amen. The one speaking these words is Jesus Christ Himself. And He's saying, I, my name is Amen, and I've got something to say to you today. He is the Amen. These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Hey, I've got a question for you today about the promises of God wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Do you know Him today? Do you know Jesus? I hope you do. Because you can know about Jesus, but I hope that you know Him as your Savior today. Because all the promises of God are wrapped up in Him. Amen? All the promises of God are wrapped up in Him. See, yea and amen. The word yea in our passage is a Greek word. So that encompasses the Gentiles. 
The word amen is a Hebrew word. It encompasses the Jews, which is to say all are encompassed in yea and amen. Another thing you may find interesting, some of you can remember times where Jesus will say verily, verily. Or truly, truly, he'll say things along the... You know what he's saying? That's the, that's the Old Testament word, amen. He's saying, amen, amen. Verily, verily. These, remember, when God says it, it's these things are so. This is the way it is. Amen, amen. So Christ is the faithful and true witness. Jesus is the surety of the covenant. Jesus is the amen. To, he is the amen to all of God's purposes and decrees. Jesus Christ is the amen to all of God's promises. I ask you, do you know Him today? Do you know Jesus today? See, He is God, the very God, the Creator and the Maker of heaven and earth. He is God's amen. He is God's amen to all of God's acts. He's God's amen to all of God's purposes. He's God's amen to all of God's will. Jesus is God's amen prophet. He is the amen priest. He is the amen king. Blessed Jesus is the yea and the verily. In all His offices and in all His decrees and purposes in the will of God, He is God's amen of all the old, uh, all the old things yet to come. Hebrews 10.7 says, At Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do Thy will, O God. Moreover, in the gift of Christ, He has virtually and, and really given us all things. Do you know Christ today? Do you know Him as your Savior? Because if Christ is yours, then all things are yours. All things are in Christ. So having Him means you possess all. There's no desire of your spirit or need of your nature that shall remain unsatisfied when once you, when once, uh, you have Christ as your own. You have heaven and earth and all things that are ever shall be encompassed in the blessed one whose very name is the Amen, the faithful and true witness. If you know Jesus, you know what you need to know. If you know Christ, you have all the promises of eternity. You have all the promises of God by knowing Him. What else could you lack for? In my Bible reading, I just came across, I believe it was in yesterday's reading there in John 7. Oh, when Jesus stood on that great day of the feast and, and He says, If any man thirst, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Do you have a longing in your soul today? I'm telling you, if you have a longing in your soul, perhaps today you need to know Jesus. See, Jesus satisfies a longing that religion cannot satisfy. Jesus satisfies the longing that sin could never satisfy. Knowing Him satisfies. Let them come unto me and drink, He says. And then He says, and out of their belly, out of their innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water, He says. Do you know Him? Man, listen, He's the Savior. He's the Amen. The Bible says this in Romans 8, 32. He that spared not His own Son but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? 
See, if He was willing to give His Son for you, and He was, and if Jesus Christ was willing to lay down His life for you, and He did, what would He withhold from you? You have the promises of God. Amen. I mean, listen, you have the promises of God. Yay! You have the promises of God. Verily, truly, with you today, you have the promise of God. Now, notice the result of the promise. One of the great things about the Word of God and true Bible Christianity is it's very practical. It comes right down to where you live. If it's just all pie in the sky and it's not affecting our daily lives, I mean, what are we really doing? There's a practical application here. Notice verse 20 again. For all the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God. But notice those two words he tacks on. By us. The promises of God working themselves out practically in our lives. See, to the glory of God by us. Did you know that it delights the Creator to make His strength perfect in our weakness? God did not give you these promises for you to go around acting like you don't have any promises. He didn't promise you power. He didn't promise you victory. He didn't promise you salvation. He didn't promise you joy and peace so that you could go around without them. See, it's to the glory of God by us. God's promises are manifest in our lives. There's an interesting thing here. I believe it was social scientists that did a study that by the age of five years old, we have heard the word no, the average person has heard the word no 40,000 times. There's probably been 5,000 of those back in the nursery and toddler nursery uh, this morning, amen? 40,000 times by the age you're five. Now, understand something by the time you're five. Uh, understand something. Most of those are well-intentioned and good. But see, the problem is that, so five years old, a kid has heard no 40,000 times. And they've heard yes about 5,000 times. So what happens with us is that our brains begin to get this 8 to 1 complex. You never notice that we're fairly negative people? We don't think things can work? You know, uh, we, well, you, we, they might be able to change, but I'll never change. We are so used to no, we, just, we have a default to no. We have an 8 to 1 ratio default to no, just naturally speaking. Uh, but, you know, just for instance, we have a subconscious, and listen, our, one of our worst en enemies is our own subconscious. Because we have this subconsciousness of no. You can't do it. That'll never work. You know, I'm talking about the vision and planning and excited about what we're gonna, how we're going to finish this year out and what we're going to do in 2022. And praise God, this is a church of vision and a church of heart and a church that believes God can do something. But still, that thing can start creeping in your mind. Well, preacher, that'll never work. That's a terrible idea. Well, what's your idea? Well, I don't have one. Well, I like mine better. I like mine better than yours, amen? Uh, so, uh, but, 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 the, but the thing I'm trying to say, within our own subconscious, within my subconscious, I can default to no in a hurry. I can default to maybe not in a hurry. Probably not. I can't be the man God wants me to be. 
you know, or, or, or I'll hear somebody and they'll encourage me. You know, man, you can be all, you can be that conqueror. You can be a victorious Christian. You can make a difference in this world. You don't have to live under the circumstances. And, and I can start thinking, amen. But then that subconscious, but can you really? Dude, you know you. That dude up there talking doesn't know you, but you know you. And you know that no is generally where you live. But what we've got to begin to tell ourselves, every time these no's start creeping in, we've got to remind ourselves of a couple of things, really. We've got to remind ourselves, number one, of God's big yes, Jesus Christ. Amen? Because He says yes. Somebody says, I don't believe my loved one will ever change. No. You know what God says? Yes! I'm able. Because if you look around in this church today, you're going to look around at some people that would never change. At least that's what was said. You're going to look around at some people who would never believe, who would never become a Christian, who would never... Hey, you're looking at a guy that was going to last two weeks of even going to church. Okay? That's what you're looking at. There was a bunch of no's put on me, but I'm glad Jesus said yes. Amen? I had some no's put on me whenever I was coming to South Dakota. You, in general, you better know I had some no's when God, when God led us to come to Elk Point. But God said, yes. Yes. Amen. So, we've got to remind ourselves of God's big yes, the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to get in the Word of God. We've got to know the Word of God. Get in the Bible. Amen. Read it, learn it, grab hold of some of these promises. And every time you start to tell yourself no, you need to say yes, verily, amen. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, whereby are given unto us, listen to this, exceeding great and precious promises. Why? That, we, that by these promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Ain't that something? If you're saved, you have the divine nature within you. But the Bible says if you're not learning these, if you're not growing in these, you're not going to be partaking of the divine nature. Not that you're not saved, but just saying that you're not going to live an overcoming life. You will not live as an overcomer if we don't grab hold of these exceeding great and precious promises. You know what God's looking for today? God's looking for somebody to say amen. He's looking for somebody, when he says, you're more than a conqueror, he wants you to say amen. You said it, I agree. Can you not agree with God? Are any of you people contrary? Can I ask you that? <laughs> you know the people. You can't get them to agree on nothing. And I swear, I think sometimes I, there, there's, people, there's people that I'm pretty close to. And, and, and I'll even say something. To the, and I swear, I think sometimes if I said, hey, you know, do you, do you want to go to uh, Pizza Ranch or do you want to go to Chili's? And if I said, man, I think I want to go to Pizza Ranch today. Anybody want to go to Pizza Ranch, by the way? I want to go to Pizza Ranch today. I think they'd say, no, I want to go to Chili's. But I'm telling you one thing. If I'd have said I wanted to go to Chili's, you know what they'd have said? I'm sure they would have said Pizza Ranch. I'm just sure of it. They just like being contrary. They just like being argumentative. But God's looking for somebody today to say yes. Now, it can be frustrating when somebody argues with me. But I'm a dummy and I don't know a whole lot, okay? 
And I may, but when God says something, you know what we need to just say? Amen. Amen. Oh, preacher, I, I don't know if God can forgive me, blah, blah, blah. He said he could. So you, what you need to say is amen. Not maybe or no. God's looking for somebody to say, hey, let me ask you something today. What's happened to your amen? Do you have an amen? Have you ever had an amen? Maybe that's part of your problem. You hadn't got an amen. You need to get an amen. And if you've lost your amen, you need to get your amen back. <laughs> amen? Listen, what, where's your amen today? I mean, listen, Satan wants to rob you of your amen. You know how he does this? He robs us of hope. He strips you of confidence. And in doing so, he steals your worship. Hey, I know life's real, people. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 36, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Now, patience, please don't misunderstand what patience really means in the Bible. It's not passivity. It's not, oh, it's all good. It's not that. Biblical patience is perseverance. Job was a model of patience. Not of what we think of as patience, but as somebody that through the ups and downs kept, kept on keeping on. You have need of patience. Why? Because life's hard, isn't it? And too often, God's people surrender their amen to sin and to circumstance. What's happened to your amen? But when we begin to amen, when we begin to agree with God, I want you to know something today. Our worship invites the Holy Spirit's presence into our lives. The Bible says in Psalm 22 verse 3 that God inhabits the, inhabits the praise of Israel. He inhabits the praises of His people. Let me say that again. He inhabits the praises of His people. What does it mean to inhabit something? To live there, to move in. Hey, you want God to show up in your life? Build Him some praises, amen? And watch Him move in. See, we do it backwards. We say, I'm going to sit here and wait for God to move in, then I'll start praising Him. He says, no, you need to start praising me, then I'll show up. See, what we need to do by the grace of God is we begin to understand that worship, our worship, our faith leads to worship that invites God's presence actively into our lives. Second, we need to keep on praying. Hey, Satan tried to rob Daniel of his amen when he fought to get an answer to prayer, but I'm telling you, he, didn't, he wasn't able to do it. We must use our spiritual weapons offensively and consistently to defeat the devil through patience, praise, worship, steadfast praying, we can have the victory all through the wonderful amen of God, Jesus Christ. So I just was thinking today about a few promises. I was thinking about this. Some things that I think we need to learn to say amen about. So here it is. Does God love you? Amen. He does. What about when you do wrong? Does God still love you? What about when you're worthless? Does He still love you? The Bible says He loves me. I've got a promise. You ready? He loves me with an everlasting love. He loves me. And He loves you with a love that just won't stop. One of the greatest songs of faith we can sing is Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Will He give strength to the weary? 
Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Will he give you rest? Come to me, all you that labored or heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Will he give you rest? Amen. Amen. I mean, listen, will he fight for you? He said that he would. He said that he would fight. I thought I had this thing silenced. Okay. He said he would fight for you. Will he forgive you when you confess your sins? Amen. Amen, he will. What if you don't feel like it? Has he still forgiven you? Some of you need to say amen right there. You hear me? You need to say amen because what you're doing is you, you're, you're living as if you're living not accepting the promises of God. You need to say amen. You need to say hallelujah. Instead, you just keep the devil. Nope, I'm going to keep, you know, the devil's had me here for a while and I'm happy here. We, it, no, stop it. It's almost like some people don't want to be victorious. It's almost like some people don't want to have joy and have peace. What would I complain about then? Amen. He'll forgive you. Is it true that he will never forsake you? Is it true that he's given you eternal life? Is it true that he will set you free? Is it true that my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Is that true? Amen, it's true. I found those defiant people there, so I really ain't saying amen after that preacher. Amen. All right, listen. Amen. He'll meet all your needs. He promises to answer when you call. He promised. He, he, he works all things. I don't understand what everything's going on, but I do know one thing. He's promised that all things work into my good. Not all things are good, but he promised that all things are working together for good. Amen. So I know that. He promised that He's prepared me a place. He promised me that He's coming again soon. He promised me this. He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, and what we need to learn to do is just live an amen kind of life and begin to be some ameners in our lives. And you may not do it in here this morning, but man, how about it in your car? You know what you need to just say? I, I just wish some of you by yourself, I'm not going to do this publicly, preacher, but it would be great if just somebody on the work in the morning all by themselves just said, Amen! <laughs> Hallelujah! I agree with you, Lord. Quit disagreeing with God. I agree. Is it true that He can do all things or that we can do all things through Him? See, when they asked Joshua if God could bring down the walls of Jericho, he marched around the wall seven times and he turned those walls and shouted, Amen. I believe God can do it. When they asked 85-year-old Caleb if he could defeat the giants on the mountain, old Caleb rolled up his sleeves and up that mountain he marched and he looked back and he with a big hearty, Amen. God can do it. I believe it. When they asked David if he could defeat the giant, he said, Amen. Amen. With the strength of God, I can defeat the giant. When they asked Joseph, will God go with you through the pit and through the prison? He would stand up on the throne where he was now sitting and he would shout, Amen. Amen. See, you don't want to lose your amen. Daniel was thrown into the den of lions. King Darius, he come down there later and he said, uh, uh, Daniel, does the God that you serve, was he able to deliver you? 
And Daniel says, Amen. Still here. My God's able. <laughs> if y'all don't get excited, I'm going to. Woo! Hallelujah. My God's able. Oh, if you ask those three Hebrew boys that were thrown into the fire, ask them if God's able to deliver them out of the hand of the king. And they all three in unison would say, Amen. Yes, verily, true, he has. God said it and he was able. Boy, I like this one. When the prodigal son, any prodigals in here this morning? Any prodigals listening? People that have gotten away from God, gone off into a, a far country. You're living with shame and you're living with guilt and you, and you feel just even ashamed to be in church. And, you, and you're like this prodigal son. He was on his way home and he asked. Well, actually, he didn't even have a chance to ask because before he could ever even ask if he could come home, before he could even ask if, if there was forgiveness, uh, man, listen, his dad was already making a beeline toward him. His Middle Eastern robes flying up behind him. Everybody around him thinking he just lost his mind. And he's grabbing up that prodigal son in his arms and giving him a big old kiss on the cheek. And you know what he's saying? Amen, son. Amen. You're home. Yes, there is forgiveness. Yes, there is a place for you. <laughs> well, there was a day that I asked if the Lord could save a sinner like me. You know what God said? Amen. Amen. And remember, with Him, it's not yes and no. It's just yes. See, because here's what Jesus said. He said, all that the Father giveth to me will come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You know what that means? God says yes. See, some of you, some of us as God's people, as Christians, we need to learn to say amen. But if you're here today and you're not saved, Jesus has said yes to you. You just need to say yes to him. Will you, Lord, I asked the Lord, Lord, will you forgive me? He said amen. Oh, man. I can remember a day when I got an old-fashioned altar and I prayed. And I prayed and I said, God, you've saved me. You've blessed my life. And God, I, do, do you think that maybe you could use somebody like me? You think you could use me to make a difference in somebody else's life? You know what God said? <laughs> Amen. I can. I can. And he'll use you too. If you'll ask him. You know what he'll say? <laughs> Amen. He'll forgive you too. You know, what you, you know what he'll say if you ask him? Amen. Yes, I indeed I will. Oh, man, I, I was giving good advice as a young man right after I got saved by the grace of God. They said, you need to start asking God to give you a good, godly wife. You need to start asking God to give you a woman that will walk with you and be with you. through. And you know what I did? I started praying for some, some girl I'd never met before. And I started saying, God, she's out there. Lord, will you give me a good woman? Will you give me a godly woman? I mean, well, Lord, will you do it? And you know what God said? He said, amen. And you know what I said when I saw her? I said, amen. <laughs> I said, yes. Because I don't even think I said, Lord, let her be drop dead gorgeous on top of it, amen. I just wanted a good one, and he gave me a great one. He said, yes. Hey, listen to this. When I failed, when I failed, I asked him if he'd forgive me. He said, yes. But hold on. 
When I failed again, I said, Lord, will you forgive me? And he says, Amen. But wait a minute. <laughs> I failed again. And it's the same thing. Lord, will you forgive me? He says, Amen. I will. I forgive you. See, I'm telling you, we have a God who says yes. We have a book of His promises, and it's in writing. If you're here today and you're not saved, let's all stand, please, and we'll be dismissed in a, moment of, in a moment of prayer in just a moment. But I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. If you're here today and you do not know Him, you say, I'm a religious person. Oh, preacher, I've been baptized. Wonderful. Preacher, I'm this, I'm Baptist, I'm Catholic, Methodist, on down the line. Wonderful. But that's not my question to you today. My question is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Him as your Savior? And if you don't today, will you say yes to Him? He's already said yes to you.